0: I'm Asan. it's Friday, and this is the Friday show at the end of what's been a record-breaking week for Manchester City. Uh, Joining me to look backwards as well as into the future, I've got Stefan this morning. Morning, Stefan.
1: Hi, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, how are you? Yeah, good. Man flu, but,
0: you know. Ooh.
1: I mean, that's that's actually a mild cold, but (laughs) I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Manflu. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And have you uh, have you enjoyed the uh, the week from a footballing point of view? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, we'll talk about the Brighton game, but uh, I, you know, we're just in an amazing. I think it, for me, it's been a bit more um, reflective of the season. You know, when you see the season end of season videos, little, little montages, and you just you just think, what? Just the most incredible season. Mm, you know, I we, think we have just been incredible.
0: Yeah, I think for me, and I'd love to know what you think, even before we get into the opening questions, what I'd forgotten, which I've seen this week because I've watched a lot of those videos, what I'd forgotten is the quali- the number of goals that we scored that were, you know, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 team goals, um... I think you know if you score two or three of those goals over the course of a season they kind of go on a highlights reel and you go wow those goals were amazing we probably scored 15 20 goals like that
1: yeah I'm, I'm, uh, for me it's more the overall level I mean obviously you, you, that those sorts of goals you see on the videos and the, the compilation but it just when I was watching it I was just remembering back to the season and just our just our overall level in virtually every game yeah I mean you know we've, we've obviously you can talk about the 15 minutes at liverpool and you know 15 minutes against united but that's out of a season you know it's it's been unbelievable for for the most most of most games we've been at an incredible level yeah would you would
0: you say we've been at a level that hasn't been seen in the league before because that's a debate that has gone round and round since october and november now that the season's over And, you know, maybe we'll crack 100 points. If you you reflect upon those performances, do you think they're the highest standard you've seen in the Premier League? Or is it too early to say that?
1: I I don't think it's too early. And I I do think you can assess it on a season-by-season basis, right? You know, this sort of idea, you've got to do it for four seasons on the bounce, is separate from whether City have been great in a given season. So we're talking about this season. The only thing that I think we, we all have to acknowledge is we didn't watch United every week for that season or Chelsea mm. every week for that season or the Invincibles every week for that season. So I can't tell you whether they were, you know, dis- that they clearly achieved great things. And I remember when we played them. So, you know, I remember when we played Chelsea when they were at their best. I remember when we played Arsenal when we were at their best and we were murdered. Yeah. But uh, what does that mean? You know, we were for the most part, we were pretty poor uh, in those periods. So, um, it, my recollection is that that Chelsea team that got 95 was, you know, was, was just on another level in the way that we have been. Um, and actually the United team was different. I think, you know, it was, it, it was classic United, mm. um, swashbuckling, uh, pulling results out where they didn't look like they were going to often not that great actually um, often not that dominant in games um, you know but overall obviously exceptional um, and, and exceptional with a, almost any set of players I always think that was the most incredible thing that Ferguson did generally is uh, uh, and I, I did comment on this actually when he was um, when he was sick. You no, know, this is a guy that extracted, uh, cha- uh, title-winning performances from players like John O'Shea and these sorts of guys, and so I just don't, I don't, I suspect United weren't at that level. Mm. Um, I think Chelsea in that ninety-five points season were really something special. I, I want to ask you something about that Chelsea side because for me, I think that, that that's the.
0: I, I feel that that Chelsea team and this City team are probably a little bit at a, a higher level than the Arsenal Invincibles and, and that United team. Um, but I read an interesting or I heard an interesting stat the other day. That Chelsea side, that season, they got 95 points. Do you know how many goals they
1: scored? Uh, are you going to? I think it was a lot, wasn't it? No. Oh, no, it was very tight. Yeah. No. They scored, I
0: believe it was 70 goals that wow. season. We've got a higher goal difference than the yeah. number of goals they scored in that in that season. So I think... They were
1: unbelievable at home, weren't they? I mean, yeah. they barely conceded a goal at home. Uh, you know, that was on Mourinho's run of home games where he never lost for about three years or something.
0: Absolutely. But also, the I think the thing, we'll never know... I think, in a way, how that Chelsea team could compare to this City one because Mourinho was their manager. And therefore, if you go back and look at the results, they were a lot, and I mean a hell of a lot, of two nils. Do you know what I mean? Score two goals, game over, shut the game down.
1: Um, And they certainly had an unbelievable team, right? Yes, absolutely. To contrast with what I just said about some of the United teams, Players that you know, even even in the even in the uh, European Cup final, United had some pretty average players. I think in the Chelsea team, uh, at its peak, the squad was was exceptional. Uh, you know, with some absolute world stars, you, you know, and and, and and legend type players. Um, so I do I, I do think they were something special. I, I, the Invincible team, look, they drew so many games that season. Yeah. Yes, it's impressive and it's a great headline, but I I don't I I think we are better.
0: Mm. No, I think definitely we're at, we're at a higher level than than the Invincibles were. For me, it's that I think that I think the team and I could you know I think it's a really subjective thing. Cause we'll never know. But if I were to choose, I think that Chelsea side that Mourinho had in terms of the the quality that they had throughout the side were the nearest thing to to this current city side. Um okay, look, I've got a couple of opening questions just to begin with. Uh, Dan Cox asked, are there any players that are linked to our rivals that should make us nervous and how much stronger can the teams around us become through summer transfers? I think it's a timely kind of moment to to think about that. So what's your what's your general take that to begin I with. think it's going to
1: be a really interesting summer. Um, that that plays plays to off in in our favour. I think if you look around Europe and also the top six, there's a people need quite people need a lot more than we need, and I don't think it's going to be very easy to sign players because of the the window and the World Cup and everything else. So I think the idea that every team gets materially strengthened I, I think that's wishful thinking I think United and Liverpool will strengthen They've, they're both going to have money they're both going to be attractive to teams and so those are the two that that you'd focus on um, I think there's a real limit of top quality players who are uh, transferable um, so you know I'm <clears throat> I'm pleased that we don't necessarily I mean, let, let's say in a worst case scenario we had to go into the season next season with the same squad we could handle it yeah and and there's no way the other teams can say the same mm. so uh, I'm not overly worried uh, I think um, Liverpool look like they're going to spend a decent amount but I, I still think that Liverpool are far shorter than a lot of people make out so yeah you know, I still think they need a goalkeeper I still think they need two centre halves not just one two uh, I I don't think the right back is as good as people make out uh, they're going to lose uh, Chan um, so you know have they got back up to the to the front three I mean they've gone a whole season more or less with no injuries to the front three so they've got you know, if they're really going to compete on multiple levels, playing the game that they do, their their squad needs to be materially better. Mm. Are they going to be able to do that in one window? A, a World Cup window? I, I'd be surprised. United, I think, is interesting because, you know, you've got that mix, haven't you? You know, of he's got a massive squad, so he's got the mix of trying to get those players out. Who who does he get out? I mean, he seems to have no real idea who is sort of first 11 is. Um, clearly they're going to spend some serious money. They seem to be after every single one of the players that we're after. Um, you know, I'd rather have the stability and know that we're going to, you know, that we, we don't need to make that many changes. Um mm-hmm. You're probably closer to the European action and those sorts of players that've been that've been mm-hmm. named. I mean, you know, Fakir, who everybody seems to be an absolute expert on. Uh, I do not watch a lot of Leon.
0: He's sh- really good. Strangely, he's really you, you good. P- you probably do. He's what, he, he is really
1: good. What, what? Where does he play? What does he? What's he? He's talk, not talk the the thi- the thing with Fakir is that
0: I'd compare him to David Silva in that I don't think that he's a wide player In a front three, which, if you look at, for example, I look at—he's been heavily linked with Liverpool, right—and I look at the Liverpool team, and I go, "All right, so I can kind of see why they would go." Well, we sold Coutinho in January; Fekir would be a good replacement. But then, when Coutinho was there, there was a lot—not a lot—written, but there was some Liverpool-centric journalists who wrote when they sold Coutinho that. of all the players in the squad, it kind of makes sense that Klopp might sell Coutinho because he doesn't really naturally fit into either the centre, the, either the, the the midfield three or the front three. I think Fekir is a similar player, so I don't know. I don't see at Liverpool how he. I, I don't know if that makes a material difference to them. Um, at United, I think it's slightly different because I think that. Fekir's the kind of player who, if Mourinho gets his hands on him and Fekir wants to play for Mourinho, then he'll get he'll get a song out of him, um, because Mourinho isn't so he's not going to be so dogmatic in terms of you know I think with Klopp those two wide players really they've got to have pace that's the absolute key. I think Mourinho played Ozil uh, from the right. Of a front three when he was at Real Madrid, um, I can see him doing a similar thing with Fekir, and I can see Fekir making a a, a difference to United. Maybe not at the level that, um, certainly not at the level that it's going to close the gap between between them and City, but he would he would definitely improve them. Um, do you think that there's a? Do you think that that Chelsea can? swing back the other way, the way they did the last time they didn't finish in the top four. No,
1: not not for me. I mean, they, they haven't got managers, to, for starters. I mean, clearly Conte's going. Yeah. Um, apparently, um, Ian McGarry, who is always close to Chelsea but seems to get nothing else right, he says that it's um, Ancelotti. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. So, um I don't know I'd be very, very surprised. I don't think that squad is at the level that it needs to be to compete. I think the transfers that they've made over the last couple of seasons have been poor. I mean drink water, I mean, like they may hit the ground. I don't know. You know they've had very poor seasons, but uh, they, they need defenders. I think the really interesting summer transfer that, that changes a little bit for me. Almost any of the teams that we're talking about is Aldevarald. So if he goes to Liverpool and Liverpool can establish, you know, a pairing of of him and Van Dijk, and I don't know, let's say the goalkeeper is the one, uh, and obviously they've signed Cater, maybe maybe I'm being unfair on Liverpool and maybe they can compete next season, Mm. you know, because that would you know they would be pretty they'd be definitely a lot closer I mean that's a pretty high quality sort of you know tree in the middle of the team I still have serious doubts about that goalkeeper though Um, but I think Aldo is a player who will change United certainly um, and I think he'll change Liverpool and he would probably change Chelsea as well but Chelsea seem to me to need they need just too many players uh in my view, um you know, it can't just be about Hazard all of a sudden having a good seat. you know, he's sort of one on, one off if he's even there. You know, um so and I think they've got a problem up front. I mean you can't be you know, Giroud can't be your saviour over a season to, to win the title. Um so I don't I think Chelsea I think they'll finish top four or certainly could compete for top four. Uh, but I don't I don't see them as being the key. Um, so for me it's about United and, um, and Liverpool Okay, um, it's a good moment to
0: segue into those clubs selling players um, do you expect, so for example at United it looks very much like Anthony Martial is on his way out, so let's say that Martial goes whoever they bring in is that not just standing still
1: well, Martial is a player who nobody... I can't remember a player benefiting more in terms of his overall uh, reputation from not playing <laughs> I knew you were as, say that. as Martial. I mean, yeah. I, I like the guy, don't get me wrong. And I, I think he'd be fantastic for us and I think Pep would do great things with him, etc, etc. But let's be perfectly clear. He's a player that's been at the club for quite a while now and has flattered to deceive under multiple managers over a very long period. Mm. He always looks miserable. Um, I know, go, let's not go on about body language, but he always looks like something's not right and flatters to deceive. Now, they've got a problem in selling him, actually, because 50% of the transfer fee over €45 million euros goes to Monaco because his contract is one of those that's been leaked. So you can actually, if you Google it, you can see the whole, the whole contract, the whole um, transfer agreement. And so actually their take, if they do sell him, is not that great. So I'm not so sure that that is what, what happens. Um, But then again, they're not going to sell Rashford. And if they are going to sign forwards, they are going to have to ship one of them out. You would think. So I don't know. I'm going around in circles. Um, but it is complicated for them. You, you, you make a very
0: fair point. Um, they're probably going around in circles as well, trying to figure out what to do.
1: I, I, look, I think your point is right, that any player that comes in, is he going to be materially better than what they've already got in those positions? The answer is probably no. And it becomes a game about, is he a player? You know, United now seem to be all about, does that player that come, comes in get on and perform for Mourinho? It seems to be all about the ego around the player that comes in plus Mourinho. Is it is it more than the sum of the parts? Or is it a kind of, you know, a relationship that's full of friction and ultimately ends in moaning after the game that one player's been completely crap? You know, and, and that's not a good position for United to be in, where it's all about this kind of interrelationship between individuals.
0: Yeah.
1: What about the. Uh, what,
0: uh before we talk about Hazard, just very quickly, um, I, I saw Mourinho's comments the other day about Pogba, um, and there was, you know, the classic Mourinho quote I can give you three guarantees. I can guarantee you that I don't have a problem with Pogba. I can guarantee you that the club doesn't want to sell him. And I can guarantee you that we've had no approach either from him or from his agents uh, saying that they want to leave. Um, now, is that a problem for United? The relationship between Pogba and Mourinho. Obviously, I think he'll stay just because ain't nobody taking his contract on nobody paying whatever it would cost to buy him. Um, but do you, is that a problem for United?
1: Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, because he's 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 a he's a big distraction. So he's not easily dropped, and he's not good enough on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And there, and there is clearly a problem with the manager. You know the extent of it. Who knows? But there is clearly a problem. I mean, the you know, but much more fundamentally, he's just not that great on the pitch. You know, prancing around. I I rate the guy. I think you know he's clearly a very talented player. He may even have a fantastic World Cup, but he's not playing well for United. And nobody's going to tell me that he's had even a mediocre season. He's had a poor season, and two goals against City when actually didn't even play well in. Despite scoring the two goals, he still didn't play well. Um, you know, he was dire in the first half, and he wasn't even that great in the second half. So nobody's going to tell me that he's had even a mediocre season. He's been, he's been outright poor, and he's very difficult to drop. The combination of those two things is a problem for United. And I don't think they'll sell him, because I don't, there's, so limit, there's such a limited number of teams that can afford his package. And one of them is PSG. And we know that PSG are going to be net sellers this summer. Mm.
0: That's my vibe so, as well. So I don't see that,
1: that happening. So, so he's staying and he's and he's not performing. Now, look, United as a next season is all about do that group of players. And, you know, we all know, I, I think we'd all accept that if Pep was the manager at United, United would win the league with those players. mm and the question mark is, do you, do United click next season with those players plus a couple of additions such that they become a kind of Mourinho machine and it becomes a very, very close title race between ourselves and United and, you know, maybe a third team? That's, for me, that's what it's about, if they click. It, but it feels like a bit of a – it's almost like a, a punt, you know – you know, the likelihood of it just all clicking into place is actually pretty unlikely
0: see i think that's because i, I, I don't completely agree i don't think they have i don't think they've got the quality that city've got and i think that for, for i think you're right you can see that there's a there's an element of them as a team picking and choosing when they play in some of the performances that they've put in this season because i've seen them look like a mid-table side this season Often, so I've maybe seen four or five United games where they just look like dross mid sable fodder.
1: Almost, almost every game, they, yeah. they, they don't. They're not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they play well, mm. I'm saying that man for man, you look at the quality in that squad, you could reel off 10 players who are very, very high quality. Oh, fodders. definitely, definitely they're not playing well. I, I accept that, but what I'm saying is that with the quality and the level of player that they have, if they click they should that they they could get a lot of points. Yeah. I mean look, you've just said it yourself. They've been mediocre for almost the whole season. Mm. Yeah, they still got, you know, what 78 is it 78? I think they can get 81. It's not, you know, they don't need to move the dial 10 points and they're right in there with a yeah. real chance. Yeah, but I
0: just think I think that that uh, I mean I agree with you to an extent because I do think that you know, the for me the biggest Thing with United very quickly is I think it's a manager thing. I don't think that... I think that not just Pep, like the, there's this kind of desperation from the media for the comparison to just be Mourinho versus Pep. I think Jurgen Klopp does better with the players that that United have got. I think Pochettino probably does better with the players that United have got, I think the problem United have is not the squad itself; it's the guy who's running the squad. And
1: I've, at, it's, the, at the moment, yeah. I, I, I accept that. But that's what I'm saying is if it clicks into place. Yeah. there's that's, no question that Mourinho right now looks like uh, you know yesterday's story, mm-hmm. and it, you know, the whole thing can unravel pretty quickly in the early part of next season if they don't have a good start because then he's been there a fair amount of time. Yes, he's won some secondary trophies, but they're you know if it looks like they're not going to win the league again, what happens? And I would think that that is a dressing room that is frail in terms of fragile, in terms of what happens if it starts to go properly wrong and they're out of the race again. And so that... I totally agree with you that that in terms of comparisons, who would do better with that squad at the moment? Pochettino and Klopp would do better with that squad. I, I, you know, it, probably Mourinho would admit that at the moment it's not working. Mm. But he, you know, his track record tells you that it would not be a massive surprise with that quality of player if it did click.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely got it within him to to turn it round, and he has he's shown that when his sides click they you know they get efficient yeah they get efficient and i think that's the thing united have have been utterly inefficient this year. i think that... yeah i mean i could i could talk about uh, the things that i find wrong with united for hours on end because i think they are like for for the number of points that they've got and the fact that they're second they've been so dross this season it's unbelievable but look i want to move this forward
1: uh, just, just quickly just one one last thing on United yeah. goalkeeper is a massive uh, change factor you know if he goes then I think you can forget about United next season
0: hmm. interesting
1: I mean you know look, who you know how hard it is to replace a goalkeeper
0: oh yeah
1: right so and I, I to be honest I don't know why he stays you know given how adamant he was he wanted to go to Real three years ago whatever it was how how he's then got himself comfortable staying is beyond me. Uh, I, I actually have this theory that the top five, aside from United, should all club in fifteen million each, and we should gift him to Real Madrid. <laughs> It'd be good value. I like it. it.
0: I like it. It would be it would be decent value to be honest. They would fall out of the top six pretty quickly. I I think if they lost if they lost the I, I don't think there's a lot of keepers that could step in and. And do what he does. Um, what about Hazard at Chelsea? Um, the fact that they're not going to get Champions League football, although mathematically they could, if Liverpool somehow don't beat Brighton and Chelsea win. Um, but what's the state of play there, bearing in mind that next summer he's only got a year left on his contracts?
1: I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But then again, this is the window where, you, you know, if I was him, I'd do the move now you know he's young enough to 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 make a very meaningful impact at another club over over a reasonable period um i just find it very hard to believe that chelsea would trade and what's the price i mean you know it's not it's not doable for there's, there's almost no teams that it's doable for so i i still think it's very very unlikely the thing you know clearly is an amazing player but uh, there has to be a discount when you buy a player that has one in, you know, one on one off. Yeah. And there yeah. has to be, you know, he's such a, he's a pain in the ass in that respect. Mm. Do you think that, um,
0: do you think that maybe we are, I don't want to say overestimating his value, but he's what 27 going on 28 years old now. Um, from Chelsea's point of view, just kind of putting the politics of it aside from Abramovich's point of view, if you look at the way that they've operated the club in the last sort of five or six years, they seem very business-minded in a, in a way.
1: Um, they get amazing fees. I mean, what was the fee they got for... Uh... A Brazilian that nobody's heard of since um, Oscar. They got something like sixty or eighty million quid for. That's him.
0: true, but he did go right? to China, so
1: that's. that's well, no. So, but they're not stupid. They, they're not. They're just not going to sell him for for less than hundred because they know to replace him is going to cost an absolute arm and a leg, and they'll take a view. I think. Um, you know, I I I think the Europa thing and Chelsea will be in the Europa. Liverpool are not going to blow it from there, but. Um, Somebody in the Europa needs to. The Europa teams need to make a very bold decision. I think this applies to Arsenal as well next season, and they need to get themselves out of it as soon as possible because it will kill the season. Mm. And 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 that will be a problem for for players like Hazard. Um, and it's certainly a problem for Arsenal. But they have to get out of it. You know, and the teams just have to say we're playing we're playing a reserve team, and we hope to come out of that trophy because um, we're looking at a uh, you know. Two three year profile, and we have to get back in the Champions League, and it can't just be about winning the Europa. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I, I would go along with that because I, I there isn't there is an element of you know if you look at United winning the Europa last season to end up in the Champions League this season, I just don't think this. I don't think you're prepared for. I don't. I don't really see. I think it makes more sense to kind of school yourself in the Premier League and climb yourself back up into the Champions League that way. I think you're more prepared the following season to go back into the Champions League and still maintain some level within the Premier League. I think if you start, if you do what United did um, last season, then I think they've fallen well short this season because there was no, you know, they didn't show the quality at any point last season either. Um, I don't know.
1: Does, does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah, to you? no, I think it's I think it's right because you're basically saying they're not at they're not at that level. But yeah. you know, and ultimately, you, the other thing is to actually win the Europa League is very very difficult. I mean, totally. it, you know, it's so hit and miss. One one goal goes against you. United nearly went out to that goal from um, the city player, the old city player, um, in the last minute of the of the semi. Was it? Um, uh, you know, the the Dutch guy. Uh, oh yes, he, last last season. Was he Dutch? Yeah. Um you know, the old the old city striker. Anyway, he, he nearly scores in the very Good last minute. Get it. yeah. So yeah, he nearly yeah. scores in the last minute and they're out. Yeah. You know, that's the that's those are the margins. So mm-hmm. you you can't rely on winning the Europa. Um which which one hundred percent kills your league season. Yeah. So hey. I think teams need to make a hard decision on that on that mm-hmm. trophy.
0: Uh it'll be interesting to see how Chelsea deal with it next season. uh just a final word on hazard um what price do you think would be a fair price for him this summer?
1: Well it, it, to me it's a hundred plus okay, but you say what what would I pay for him if I was what what do I think he's worth to city?
0: Yeah, you're bagarest right? What's your limit for buying hazard for Guardiola? Guardiola says I want hazard Chelsea say, all right, we'll deal. What's the, what's your, at what price do you think, yeah, okay, that's worth doing?
1: Quite a lot. 100, maybe,
0: 120. So you'd be prepared to go to 120?
1: He's one of those, look, he's in the, he's one of those, despite what I said about him, he's on off. He's one of the few elite players. If he was available, Mm. then he'd be one of the few elite players in the world that was available. And therefore, you have to move for those players. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah more than I don't, yeah i can't i can't believe we pay more than 120 for a player of his age
0: yeah mm.
1: okay um ha that
0: that took its time that question one more question very quickly from tom bauman because i really like the question which of our own records from this season can city break next season
1: well you have to think they're not going to do the points <laughs> um you know, you know we might get a hundred out of one hundred and fourteen. I mean, yeah, it's just astonishing. Um, so, whilst I don't think it's impossible, I just don't. I don't. I don't think we'll do that. Um, goals. I think we could. We could beat. And I think. You think that's about the how one. many chances. I mean, Jesus. We, I we, think that's the one. We could. We could have. We could have. Um, I think we could have got another twenty goals this season quite comfortably. Excellent. Um but i yeah i mean I, I i think we have to we have to expect that it won't be at this level next season what the just overall just yeah, just overall, you know it just won't it you know let's let's hope that actually what happens is we we get at least one stage further in the champions League, that will in itself have an impact over that period in the league, yeah totally, I think so. Look- yeah, I think we're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to sacrifice something. Mm.
0: I think we can I, I think the, the record we can break is the goal scored, as you said, because I think we'll add I, I think the 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 Jorginho link is instructive in that um I suspect if we sign him then Pep's intention next season is to be even more attacking if that's possible. Because I don't think that Jorginho offers um maybe I'm wrong I've not seen enough of Jorginho right so maybe I'm just speculating here but I don't think he's going to offer the defensive base for example that Fernandinho offers um and I feel a little bit like you know signing Laporte even he's a guy who I love but well, he's a footballer. He's a defender, but he's a footballer. I feel as though Guardiola's mo is to become more progressive, more attacking. So I suspect that we'll we'll end up scoring more goals next season. I,
1: I, to me, it's about finishing. I don't see the system changing, and I don't I don't see I don't see we can be any more. I don't see we can be any more attacking. I mean, what what are we going to do? I mean, oh, I just I don't you know, mean the system you think changes. About, you missed a no, 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 but, we, but we've said a number of times this season that was a game we could have won. Five or six nil, or five or six whatever, right? You know, it's hard to imagine that we're going to create more chances. I just think our conversion is going to be hopefully a little bit better. Yes, Um, but maybe that's also wishful thinking. And maybe again, you know, I know we've looked at these stats before, and actually, when you break them down, our our level of conversion actually is in line with with what it should be. So maybe maybe we maybe we're being a bit harsh on them. I I just don't. I, I know what you're saying about having even less. Kind of defensive-minded players, um, but ultimately, I, I think it's going to make a very very small difference.
0: Mm, maybe, maybe.
1: Um, okay, let's let's have a quick
0: look back at the uh, at the Brighton game and uh, and Torres farewell. Um, firstly, just your thoughts on the on the performance quickly just after the nil nil at Huddersfield. Um, yeah, what did you think?
1: Well, I had I had Huddersfield nil nil fifty to one. No, really? Yeah, I, I I I I thought they were actually I thought they started West Ham quite sluggishly. Okay, and um and I it, it wouldn't have surprised me if that game had drifted in, in the same way. Mm. Um, you know, we just they had too much to play for. I think at this stage of the season, and this is then reflective in the Brighton game. I think the game has become so much about who wants it more, and that five, you know, and the, and the final five yeah. percent, one way or the other. And you know, the Brighton game is just is a is a is a no mark game because they don't need it, we don't need it, and so even with our B team, we can win it relatively comfortably. We can play our game, and it's all it's all like it, it was very much like an exhibition game. Yeah, uh, you know, to overanalyse it, I think is. Is misleading, and that includes in relation to the fringe players uh, that were there. You know, we made a lot of changes for that game, and we know that in in a game where the other team is up for it, and we make that number of changes, it goes wrong hmm. every time. Yeah, and it would have gone wrong against Brighton if it had been meaningful for Brighton, in my view. Um, but obviously, it was a meaningless game, and therefore, um, we our quality was able to shine through. Um, it highlighted a couple of things. I, you know, I don't agree with Steve on Danilo. I think it's anybody that hasn't listened to the review pod. Uh, you know, Danilo is a, he's fine. I you know, he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not brilliant, but he's, he's fine and he's good enough uh, mm. in my view. Um, I think the one that I, I do think is a problem is Bravo and 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 the reason you know i actually I actually don't think necessarily it was a a terrible bit of goalkeeping for the goal it wasn't great but it, it wasn't as bad as it's been made out but uh, the the idea for me almost the more instructive one was the shot in the second half yeah and yeah you know, what do we do if 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 Edison goes down with an injury next season for any length of time, what do we do? And maybe maybe it's unrealistic to expect to have a reserve goalkeeper that can come in. I don't know. Maybe he's good enough, but it's um, he's the he's a definite problem. So it just I think Bravo will go
0: this summer. I, I think it's I think it's a, a it's an a, absolute certainty, and I think that his performance against Brighton probably just reinforces the fact that he just cannot be trusted at all. Um, but how do just very briefly, what what sort of character? You know, the, you've got two choices here, again, Stefan. You've either got the Caballero route, where you go, all right, let's go and find a guy who's like a bit like Bravo, who's like thirty five years old, who's had a solid international career, who we can bring up, and he can be a solid ish backup. Or do you look at, for example, Gunn is having an incredible season at Norwich. Um, lots of people rate Murich. Um, uh, there's another keeper that City have got on the books, who's the Grimshaw, who's highly rated as well. Which side of defence do you fall on in terms of how you deal with the backup goalkeeper situation?
1: Instinctively, um, I think you have to have a, an experienced backup mm-hmm. because uh, you know it doesn't matter how good you are. Are you really going to put a gun in a semi-final of a European Cup? Or or are you going to feel more comfortable if it's Rainer? I mean, there's just no, there's no competition, is there? You know. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I just you know, and it, and it's a shame really because Gunn looks like he's a, as you say he's having a great season. Then the other aspects of it as well though, for I suppose it also applies to an older goalkeeper, but but they maybe a bit more relaxed. For a younger goalkeeper, do they want to sit on the bench and never play?
0: Mm. Yeah. You
1: know, especially if the guy that's ahead of you is also a young goalkeeper, relatively. Yeah. You know, so actually you're looking at it, you're going, well, hang on a minute, this guy's not going anywhere for 10 years. So what am I what am I waiting for?
0: Yeah, very fair shout as well. Very, very um, fair shout.
1: You know, it's not quite the same when we had, say, Shea Given with Joe Hart. Or Schmeichel behind him, or I don't even know if they they were all there at the same time. But you know what I mean. It's yeah. you know where the guy's thirty four. Maybe you know I'll be his understudy for two years. Then it, then I'll then I'll get my promotion. So I think I suspect Rayner is is the target if if he does go. Hmm. And and uh, I think he probably should go. Uh, you know, I, I, it's just not worked. I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper because he clearly he, he clearly isn't a bad goalkeeper. I mean, you just wouldn't do what he's done in his career if he was a bad goalkeeper. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. And yeah. um, I don't know whether it's psychological or whatever, but it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Um, okay, there's
0: a couple of other players who played that I wanted to, to ask you about. Gundogan and Bernardo Silva. Um, and I, I guess the reason I want to talk about both of them is because I watched the game on Wednesday and and something struck me and that is that for me both of those players maybe not for sure but maybe walk into every top side in Europe's best 11 right um are they going to be happy i mean i know that bernardo silva's actually made a lot of appearances this season so maybe with bernardo it's a little bit Different, But with Gundogan, do you think he'll be happy to continue to play backup next season?
1: Well, what, what is that statistic? I read somebody said that uh, Silver has played, has got the most appearances. Yes, of any the outfield, yeah. What does that mean? It, it, it means starts. No, uh,
0: across, including starts and substitute appearances, yeah. Oh. He's made more appearances than any other outfield player. Oh. All right. Um, there was a stat when, you know, around the time that uh, it was about, about two months ago, there was a moment where people were talking about the fact that Bernardo Silva, you know, he was rotting on City's bench. And at that time, there was a stat during the rounds that he'd been involved
1: in every Premier League game, barring one up until that point. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, with him, I think we can put it to what? So I see he's, we've got 34. Thirty-four involvements in the Premier League, out of, uh, thirty-seven. So yeah, um, I think with him, I'm I'm just relaxed. I mean, you know, he's young, he's getting better all the time. Um, he seems very happy generally with the kind of um, uh, you, you know with it, the, as part of the squad uh, relationship wise. Uh, so I don't see any I don't see any issues with him. Um, I think Gundogan is is a problem depending on what happens with, with signings. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not blown away by the guy. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know where. I I I don't know how Pepsi. I was amazed he started him against Brighton. Put it that way. Why? And I don't because play Foden or, or you know or. Um, just why 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 play him? I don't, I don't you know he's just not that. Maybe this is the answer. He needs to get in games, and I, I don't know. He for me that he's just he's a, he's a I'm not not blown away by him. So I think there is a possibility that we we do move him on, especially if he's seen as fit, um, and he may well want to. Mm.
0: I think the I think that the. the... The only way that I... Well, so firstly, I think that he's a player who only goes to Bayern Munich. I don't think there's anywhere... I I think he stays at City or he goes back to Germany and he goes to Bayern. Um, Maybe that's where the the shady Thiago link from from earlier in the spring comes from. Maybe, you know, that's, that's the only way that I can see Gundogan going somewhere, is going to Bayern and Thiago coming... The other way
1: but even if it's not a swap i mean I, I think there is some if you look at it and say well actually they quite like to they quite like to have some out play players going out for value mm-hmm. right could we got anybody else that we can sell for anything i know i know we could but that we want to so is there anybody else in a category of this summer we really want to ship that guy out and he's worth 20 million
0: do we have anybody
1: like that this season? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. No, I mean, it's funny because I
0: uh, I know that you'll laugh at me, but I did have a moment last night of thinking, I wonder how many of these lads that are on loan... like So, for example, I can see Maffeo being sold permanently to Girona for a decent fee. And when I meet, when I say a decent fee, I'm not talking about 20 million plus, but like, like Moy going to Huddersfield, 10, 15 million. And if we can do... Two or three like
1: that. That's that's definitely not a bad one. Well, who else? But in terms is of there? the squad,
0: yeah. I mean, in the, I, in I the get, main,
1: I'll give you, I'll give you that one. So, who else is there? Just thinking about it, and I, I'm not saying there isn't. I just, I can't. You know, Joe Hart is now clearly a free transfer. Uh, Mangala is clearly a free transfer. Um, who else have we got in this category?
0: Well, there just aren't players to... I think the other thing is there aren't really that many players who you'd want to sell. I mean, you know, you don't... That's kind want of my
1: point. That's kind of my yeah. point. So so, so maybe Gundogan is the one player who's at a level where you can get 40, 50 million euros, where he's borderline involvement next season. He fancies a move himself, perhaps, because yeah. he wants to be more central. Bayern is a good, I think is realistic... Um, You know, or maybe Juve. I I don't know. You know, I don't know if they're getting Chan. Maybe maybe they are, and maybe therefore they 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 don't need. Um, But yeah, I think it's possible. Uh, And he seems to be the only one that we could that we would want to sell, or potentially want to sell, and could get a very significant fee for.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think I think that's a fair show. I do think that I've seen a lot of I think even amongst kind of conversations amongst city fans. I think there's a lot of city fans that are a little bit unsure about Gundogan and and kind of what he brings to the side. Um I just the, the one thing I would say about his performances this season, I don't think he's a number 8. I don't think that he can play that position that uh Silva and De Bruyne play because I think that Silva and De Bruyne are special special players which is why they both of them can play together in that position. Um I don't think but where
1: can he play though? Well, so I was where just, is he at the right? I was, level?
0: I was just about to get to that. That for me, had he gone to Liverpool, I think he would look like a much better player. I think similarly if he was at United, I think he would look like a much better player because I think that in our team there is no I don't think there's a role for him because the role for him is actually the Fernandinho role, but I don't think he's good enough defensively or even with his uh, direct passing to play that role. And that's where Jorginho comes in. And it will be interesting because I think Jorginho comes in in the summer and Fernandinho stays and Gundogan has got one less uh, position that he can play in. And just to look, from the other side of Foden and his development you would expect next season for there at least to be a desire to give Foden like so i, I think somebody tweeted at me that Foden's had about 400 minutes this season yeah so you would expect that they'll want him to have at least 6 700 minutes next season and they're going to come out of somebody's game time and i suspect that they'll come out of David Silva and and Gundogan's game time so yeah maybe Maybe you have made the argument that that he's the one that we can make. Yeah, I think. Go
1: I, I think. I think he he is in danger of being squeezed. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I wouldn't surprise me if he stays either. And they just say, well, you know, we don't know how the new signing lands. If we do make that signing, uh, we don't know about fitness. You know, how many minutes are we going to get out of uh, silver? Um, but he feels like the most vulnerable. And there is, of course, one other player who could be sold for a lot of money. Um, Who's who I, hope, who I hope we don't talk about. Who Sergio? Sergio.
0: Uh, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, when, well, it's, he's not being he, sold, and he never and,
1: replied. Yeah,
0: Jose, I, I don't. Jose
1: never replied.
0: I don't think that. Uh, I think that the problem with the Aguero conversation is that it's far too emotional. For everybody. And I think the reality is, like I said to, to somebody on Twitter yesterday, Guardia, I think that what Pep said is actually the truth. Aguero will decide when he wants to go. It's that simple. So, well, I think- I know,
1: I, I, that might or might not be true. And it probably is true. But what, what does that mean? I mean, so let's say Aguero says, actually, you know what? I just don't fancy you next season. So I do want to go. I yeah. mean, we're really then, we've really got a problem on our hands because one, our negotiating position has gone entirely in terms of doing a good deal with another club if, if we're giving him the kind of free option to decide where he leaves and secondly we are the one thing that in my view we desperately need is somebody who can score goals so if he leaves i mean where do you find a replacement easily and how much do they cost yeah you know
0: so well look before anyway. we talk about that actually i i I've seen a lot of well, I thought I thought Steve was quite harsh on Gabriel Jesus um in his review of the of the Brighton game. Um but where do you where do you stand on because he, he's becoming quite divisive, Jesus in terms of some people love him and some people are beginning to go, what's the point in Jesus? Where do you stand?
1: Uh I I from very early on I've been um I've had question marks. This season, I think, more, more than last season. Hmm. Um, I don't think he's had a good season. So his, his, his goal scoring has been decent, but I don't think he's had a good season. I don't think his overall play has been at, at the required level. Um, I don't buy that he's clearly the first choice at if they're both fit. Um, I, I did see that Yaya made a comment about how he was all upset when both of them were fit that he wasn't being picked. Uh, which I think is, I mean, I know players get like that, but I think it's a bit unnecessary because it can't have lasted for more than about three games. I don't think his performances have demanded it. I think the World Cup's going to be really interesting. You know, do we see a different Jesus to the one that we see? Um, But he's so young. I mean, I can't get that excited about it. I mean, the guy's 21.
0: Mm. How yeah. do you do you because I, I would tend to agree with you? I think that I don't think it will happen, but I think that we need another center forward this summer because I, I don't think that I think that we know each season Aguero misses some part of the season. I think it's unfair to expect. A guy like Aguero who plays, you know, he's such an explosive player physically, I think, that you have to accept the fact that there'll be a period where he, is either his form will dip or he will be injured. Uh, um,
1: look, and just, just on this, let's like just, I, it sort of got lost in what happened. He missed Liverpool away. He was basically not fit for United at home and missed Liverpool at home and would have missed. The semi and probably the final. I know that it delayed his 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 um his operation, but he would have missed the absolutely critical part of the season. Yep. And it's like this every season he has a period where he misses a chunk of a season. This season it was absolutely the key. How would we have done with just Jesus in those big games? I don't well, how did we do? I mean, you know, part of the problem was that at Anfield, when we needed... We only needed a goal in that second half. That's all. I know we got one, but it was disallowed. But, you know, that's why... And Oh, God, I'm not going to say it again. But that's why we needed a striker in January. Yeah. Uh, And that's why we need a striker now. Because I think to to go into a season... And I don't... I know people say, you don't understand how Pep plays. He doesn't play like that. We need a third player... Who can score goals? Yeah, I
0: completely agree. I, I don't think it's about. I don't think it's about how we play. I think it's about squad management, and I think that the the idea behind. I think that what's happened. I mean, it's true that Barcelona and Real Madrid were desperate for Jesus. I think what's happened is they bought Jesus and they promised him that at the very least, after Aguero, he's the guy, and now they can't be seen to bring in another number nine without unsettling him, which is why I think we're in the market for another wide forward. Whereas actually, when you look at the squad and you look at the way the games have fallen, we're kind of having a conversation about Bernardo Silva maybe deserving more starts than he's had and looking at how he's hitting form and I would expect him to play more next season. So I'm not instinctively convinced that there's gonna be space for for another wide forward to to come in. Because if you look at the the, the season that Sarah and Sterling have had, you would expect them to get better again as well. So yeah, I mean it's it's difficult to see I think what they'll do is the way that they'll deal with it is they'll buy another wide forward. And the idea will just be that if Jesus needs a rest, then we're going to throw Raz up front or we're going to sign Hazard and have him play as a false nine or we'll sign Bailey because maybe he can play through the middle as well. But the point being that rather than signing a nine who can play through the middle first and foremost, we'll sign a wide player and then either move one of the existing wide players to have them play more centrally next season or have that new wide player play more centrally next season but I'm not convinced that's the right thing to do
1: yeah Uh, so I mean that's you know for me that's I I don't think you can just say right we'll play a bit more central you know Raheem Yeah. or play a bit more central Sane It, it can work but these are not. it's not the same as a Sergio Aguero you know a player who if you were to go and do a ask the other thirty seventeen, uh, sorry, um, the other nineteen teams. Who, who, who was the best striker you played against this season? You know, a large proportion of them would say Sergio Aguero, and it's not easy to find a player to that is going to be comparable uh, to that. And certainly not when you're just converting a winger or playing Mares there or something like that. So. You know, I I also think you have to have in these in these sorts of games, you've got to have somebody that you can bring off the bench. And so, if you've got if you're down to only having two forwards, um, you're stuck. If one yeah, if one of them's injured, you can't make it, the change. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah no, you know, you're down I'm,
1: to Nemecha and you know it would have made a difference to be able in that second half uh, at Anfield to say, right, let's send on whoever. It would have. Well, no, you can't say for certainty. It may well have made a difference. It only needed one goal. I
0: completely agree. Completely agree. Um, okay. Looking forward to this weekend. We wrap up the season uh, at Southampton. Your thoughts on Mark Hughes as a manager before we talk about Southampton?
1: Well, I was going. I was getting very excited that he was going to take two teams down in the same season. <laughs> Me too. Because uh, I don't rate him at all I think yeah. And I don't I, Not only do I not rate him But um, I, I really despise the way that he uh, Played Played the game at the end uh, At the end of his time at City I think he was actually given A lot of time A significant amount of resource um, And a lot of support And when he when he went it was the right time for him to go and the idea that he was in somehow mistreated by the club is is an absolute nonsense and um and because he's got good connections to the right journalists he managed to write that narrative and it was, and it was a myth mm. and um I just don't rate him. I mean, you know, with that, with the, with the, with the squad of players that he had at the end when he was at City, the results that we went through—what was it, eight draws on the bounce or something? Yeah. I mean, come on, seriously. Um, mm. No, he's just not a good manager, and, and nothing since has changed my view on that. Um, you, you know, he's got no personality whatsoever. Um, he's got seems to have quite limited tactical um, ability. He, his big thing in the, before he joined City was uh, two things. One, his ability to, to get the best out of some more mediocre players, and two, that he seemed to have a good network of uh, scouts or uh, contacts that got him some interesting players. And look, we, We've definitely seen the fruits of that in Zabaleta and company. Which I think were his proper signings, you know, so give him a lot of credit for that. Um, But since then, he's not that, you know, that seems to have fallen by the wayside. So, look, top and bottom of it is um, I don't rate the guy, I don't like him uh, as a manager, and um, it's a shame that they're not going to get relegated. So what's gone wrong at
0: Southampton? Because it literally, I mean, people say, oh, it feels like yesterday. And it's like, well, no, mate, it was 10 years ago. But it genuinely does feel like yesterday that they were being held up as the model of how a Premier League club should be run. And Les Reed was being tipped as the dude who should, you know, he's the director of football that all the top clubs wish they could have. Because look at all the young players that they're producing and look at how they're, you know, the players that they sign. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Well, uh, yeah where so, it come wrong? Well, it's, I think there's some easy, some easy answers to that. First of all, you can't keep selling. Okay, so there's only a limit to how many quality players you can sell without it having an impact. The second thing, and the key thing for me, is that one, people recruit these people that are lauded, so they go elsewhere, and two, people copy. It's not difficult. You know, the, the game is not... There's no very few secrets in football... So people say, right, well, they're doing well. That's the model we should pursue. And they just copy it. So they find out, you know, where they're getting, how they're scouting. They find out what they're doing right, and they copy it. They recruit people. So, you know, if you look at – I met this guy a a couple of years ago at Fulham who had been by his own – I can't remember his name – but his own view of himself was that he was the key guy in the Southampton youth – system and he'd been recruited by Fulham because you know he, he got disgruntled at some point he can say well look I was the guy that, that had the system that brought Walcox Bale uh, Luke Shaw through the system I'm the guy give me a nice fat contract at a new club and he moves to a different club mm. and, um, uh, and, and that knowledge goes with him and that knowledge is shared it's actually a problem I think we've got with the Arteta and Arsenal situation by the way which is you know, the idea that we just let the guy walk out the door and immediately start work for Arsenal the following day, I think is madness. But you know, ultimately there are not that many secrets in football and people can copy. And and that's what I suspect has happened, and that's why it's then become harder for them to replace to replace signings that are made by other clubs. Um, that, that becomes harder. And the youth system becomes harder because people start recruiting the same players that they recruited and start doing the things that they were doing. Mm. So that's life. Okay, it's, Look. it's happened before. You remember the Newcastle being lauded for for a period about their recruitment. Graham car, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: and then all of a sudden, Grand Car's unemployed. Yep. You know, it's
0: like Swansea went through a period as well. I remember around the time that they signed Meechu and you know, the end of Rogers' era and going into the beginning of Loudrup's era is kind of a similar thing. I know that West Brom were held up very recently as as being like, you know, the way, the perfect way for a Premier League club to be run. So it's just, yeah, I mean, I I think what you say there is really interesting about the fact that it is about shared knowledge and how it's very difficult to keep, you know, keep it all in-house. There is, there aren't, like you say, there aren't any... Secrets in football. The
1: thing is very right, so so. Um, Neil Ashton's very funny on um, on Wenger, and uh, so I don't know where I, I can't remember. Where, he was on Twitter and he was a little video that he did, and he was saying I never understood. So he obviously doesn't like Wenger, and he said I, I never understood why Wenger was so lauded. You know what did he do? What did he actually do? So he told the players to not drink so much and eat pasta or something. You know, well, first of all, how difficult was that? And secondly it's the easiest thing in the world for everybody to copy. Um, and you know, and I think that's pretty, pretty much nailed it. You know, you, you, unless you're doing something quite complex and different in the way that pet does, most other things are very easy to copy. Mm. And so your competitive advantage can last a very, very short time unless you're reinventing yourself.
0: Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, I guess from City's point of view, the final thing that I want to talk about before we wrap this up looking at the Southampton game is from a personal point of view, I've been really disappointed that Foden hasn't been given the opportunity to start a game. I thought maybe he would have got a game on Wednesday, but then he didn't. Um, What's your take on Foden? Are we all being just too impatient and everybody needs to just chill the fuck out and it'll be fine? Or do you feel in any way disappointed at the fact that he's maybe not seen as much game time as we expected since the title was won
1: I think it's a massive mistake I think it's bizarre and um, I, I, it's not necessarily about Foden individually I think we, we know that there's a, a, a perception around the game and it's it, it's borne out by what happened with Sancho that yeah, it's all very well, being a very, very good player, but are you really going to get a break at City? Mm-hmm. And and if we can't even hold up playing the guy when we're 20 points clear in the Premier League, we can't even hold him up and say, look, well, he got game time. I, I, I don't know what we're doing. I, I, it's bizarre. I mean, why is he not played in any of these games? I mean, yes, I think everybody's... The, the people that are saying... You know Pep must know, Pep, Pep must know, and Pep must be right. And yeah, I understand he, he's definitely got a rationale for it, but I think he, one, he, he's not flawless and he can make mistakes, and two, I can't for the life of me think of a good logic, I just don't understand it. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's not about Foden, you know, as an individual, it can equally apply to Brahim or, or somebody else. You've got to. You've got to give these guys a go, especially when we're twenty points clear in a complete dead rubber I think at home. I, I completely
0: agree with you. I think there's a. I, I think the wider issue is 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 more important than individually about Foden because Foden, being a Stockport lad, you'd think that him before a lot of the others because he grew up a City fan will get a bit more leeway. So, for example, if he doesn't get on the pitch against Southampton I don't see Foden's mum and dad suddenly this summer going right you need to leave Man City because they're not going to play you but I do think that if you take the kind of wider context there will be others who will be looking at it and going well you know he's a City fan and he's the best of his age group yeah it's just
1: never going to happen for me. yeah I agree I mean I I just don't understand it. And especially because when he did the cameo, I can't remember who it was against now. You know, when he came on for fifteen, it was his Swansea. It was um, it was a few I mean, weeks ago, I don't remember who it was against, but he was excellent. You know, where he put the where he, he goes on that run and puts the cross in. On that on the back of that, you put him you start him in the next game. Yeah. I actually think you start him. Yeah, I, I,
0: I felt like that after that little cameo, but it's uh it's obviously not happened. Um, look, just to to wrap this up, Stefan. Um I'm sure we could talk for another hour, but it's been an hour. Uh how do you see the game playing out? Do you like firstly, do you think that Pep in the end is just gonna pick the strongest side he can? And after that, do you see can you see a, firstly, can you see a situation where the nine goal swing happens that makes Southampton get relegated? So yeah, well, I,
1: I could I could before yesterday. Yeah. But then they sat the manager. So I don't know what Swansea are playing at. I think they're absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah, that was uh, you know you, bit of a you just don't one.
1: need to do it. You know it's not dead. Mm. It wasn't dead. They 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 could you know just remember uh, as painful as it is, we got B A one by Middlesbrough. Yep. Okay. You've got a situation where Swansea are playing the, a relegated team. Of course, the relegated team is not going to want to let themselves down. But the dressing room has clearly got some issues in it because Butland has said said as much. Charlie Adams said as much So there's, so, there's, so and, and loads of those players will be leaving in the summer there's no Swansea could win that game 5-0 and if they win it 5-0 the idea that it's impossible that City would go to Southampton and, and win 4-0 I mean I don't think it will happen because I think City will I suspect what will now happen is the game will be Southampton will be extremely cagey Um, And City will... There'll be a tacit understanding that City would like to win the game but won't go too hard on it. And therefore, there's no risk to Southampton. Um, Clearly, Southampton are not going to come out at us. Um, So it's going to be a case of whether we can break them down. Um, But I think Swansea just made a terrible mistake announcing the manager was going... I don't understand it. So I don't think
0: it's doable now. I think it's gone. The only logic I see in them uh, sacking him is that there was. I did read something in uh, a few days ago that that they have been so ridiculously negative throughout this period where they've needed results um, that maybe they're thinking a no manager bounce on the last game of the season <laughs> might might have all the players He's still me- there.
1: He's still, he's still there. It's just all that it's done is said to, is said to everybody in the club. We don't believe there's any way we can do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's your message, right?
1: I mean, what what sort of message is that? What they should have said is, look, okay, it's very unlikely, but you know, strange things happen. We're gonna, we're gonna do what Liverpool did to Crystal Palace that time and draw three three. you know, where everybody said Liverpool were going to Palace to try and win 8-0. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it didn't quite work out. But, you know, they could have at least talked it up. I think they made a bad mistake. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's possible now. I think it's done.
0: OK, super. Give me a score prediction.
1: 1-0 uh, City.
0: Nice. Wonderful.
1: Uh, right, Stefan. I do hope we do it, by the way. I I, I think it'll make a big difference. I think to... to, to as a symbol to go against the invincibles to get 100 points other, yeah i think it makes a big difference to be yeah. the team that did 100 points i mm. think you know 98 or 97 it's not it's incredible but it's not quite not quite the same
0: it's not symbolic in the way that i think 100 points Correct. will be symbolic and i think that's why we're going to see the best 11 against southampton um you know yeah, I, I should say. So. I think I think it'll be the best eleven. Um I think we'll I think we'll win. I don't know if I'm not sure about a tacit understanding. I suspect that City will just go there to score as many goals as they
1: can. I think
0: they'll go there to put on a show.
1: Um They won't put them down. No. I, I don't we have seen it. We talked about it earlier in the season where we felt there was games early in the yeah. season where we just kind of stopped toying with with the other team, yep. you know. And those were games that didn't mean anything. So I don't, I don't think they're going to go away from home and put a team down. I just don't. I just I don't see that. That's their style. Mm. Yeah, might might be completely wrong, of course. But um, I, I think we, we could have humiliated teams this season numerous times and decided not to the only team we humiliated was Mike Hughes' Stoke, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. And that
0: was only because they had the audacity to score twice. That's it, man. That was it. Don't do that against this City side. So it's going to really annoy them. Okay, wonderful. Hey, Stefan, thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, See you later. To everybody who listened, thank you so much. This was the Friday show, the final Friday show of the 2017-2018 season. If you are a member of the 9320 player, then don't worry. There will be lots of podcasts coming over the rest of the summer. We will have World Cup reviews, World Cup previews, we'll have quizzes, and of course, we'll have plenty of transfer talk. Uh, In the
1: meantime, have a lovely weekend. Stay safe and up the blues.